Chapter 54 The Divine I felt pressured, uncertain of the decision I was about to make. I still was unsure what system expected from me. If this was all something orchestrated to invade another reality and allow system to expand and update this universe's law. I would have felt better if I could trust in Danu, Belaros, and Cryonax. Instead of the system, if the choices I made were going to benefit them. But they were transient. They would be recalled, returned to sleep. These dreams given flesh could not last. They were simply reflections of the Tuatha de Danan divine. And because they were transient, I wondered if I should stall or ask for a less restrictive oath until I knew better what system planned. You have no time to stall, and to reject the oath as given would be an insult, Carrot warned. The oath establishes parity between the parties. Do not discount the power and efficacy of an oath that is freely given between powers that are close in rank and level. Although you are correct, Danu, Belaros, and Cryonax will return to sleep. These dreams will be absorbed by and become memories for the sleepers. Further, having three gods present and bearing witness to this oath is profound and fortuitous. Even if they are only reflections, only dreams given voice, the part of the divine they have allowed to power these dreams are substantive. Your actions here today should make those choices unassailable, even by system when witnessed by that divine spark. As long as you do not forswear these promises, as long as you are doing everything within your power to give the Duchess an opportunity, no matter the time involved, or how small the likelihood, her house and allies are yours. By making a real and good faith effort to get the Duchess into a position where she can confront those that destroyed her family and seek justice or revenge, you increase your power base. Accept the benefits of the Duchess. Her connections alone make it worthwhile, and even if her immediate house is severely diminished, she is a ranked Duchess. She comes with her own abilities. You cannot shape the change that Talon requires by yourself. You need allies if you are going to make any real change to the sea and Talon's political structure. Once the oath is accepted, there will never be a reason to worry about her motivation or loyalty. She and those that have pledged to her will be with and support you until the end of days. And for C? That is just the short side of future. Accept her oath and get her off her knees. I think it the height of hubris to expect someone that has endured what she has to kneel. Something you should begin considering now, when you are just beginning to form a functional court and house, are what trappings of power are you going to retain? The Seelie and Unseelie are all about genuflecting, kneeling, and remaining with head bowed in the presence of the monarchs. Rank and titles are to be venerated, no matter the actions of the person behind that rank, and if they deserve that respect and veneration.
maybe you can do better. Instill a benevolence and respect in your subjects that have less to do with subjugation and more to do with respect. It's never too early to start returning the dignity and honor of those that swear to serve. I agreed with everything Carrot said. So after I clicked yes and accepted Duchess Wayne's oath, I knelt down to offer her my support, raising her up and bowing my head, my hand moving to cover my heart. Your oath is accepted, Duchess Wayne, I began. Yours is the first house and benefice to join House Belros, E. Cryonax. No matter the future, you and yours will always have a special place. Your words will always be heard. Your counsel always sought and respected, even when other paths and choices conflict with that advice and must be made. We will embrace whatever future may come as one. Together we are stronger. There will be no kowtowing or kneeling between our houses. We are past those demeaning protocols and traditions. Actions that do little more than to belittle and disparage one house over another. Between us, let us instead simply bow our heads, cover our hearts, and stand proudly as we forge a new future together. I swear to you that I will do everything I can to see you stand in the halls of Olympus and Asgard. I will do all I can so that you will stand before those that have wronged and decimated your house. Even if I have to wake the Tuatha Didanan pantheon and wage the final battle. Danu has witnessed your exchange of oaths. Belarus has witnessed your exchange of oaths. Cryonax has witnessed your exchange of oaths. The voices of Danu, Belarus, and Cryonax resonated, the very Scythern, pulsing with and absorbing the echoes of the words, absorbing the oaths and the divine into the foundation and magical matrix that gave life and intellect to the Scythern. And as that divine was absorbed, a subtle change to the Scythern occurred, a radiance and peacefulness that reflected the divine and instilled a reverence and majesty that flowed like mist, currents of air dispersing and renewing that divine, becoming an integral part of the Scythern, a radiance that became self-sustaining and enduring. The change to the atmosphere, the hint of the divine spark, would mark this Scythern as other. The Tuatha de Danan gods themselves had spoken, witnessed, and acted within the Scythern's boundary. The first time in countless ages that the Scythern was once again touched by the benevolence and imbued with the power of faith. A divine manifestation long forgotten, as those gods that had been long sleeping had been unable to provide their children with their blessings. Before you make your decision about the Scythern, Danu said, interrupting me as I was manipulating system menus, looking for the prompt to claim it. We would like to discuss the shrine and the religious epiphany that you have engineered. We have imbued our divine will here, giving real weight and legitimacy to the shrine. We would ask you to duplicate the process 
and create another shrine. One that not only details and gives form to the entire Tuatha de Danan pantheon, but depicts creation. That initial explosion that generated what is and what will be. Created with the selenium that you have seeded in this world's ley lines, the shrine and relief sanctuary should become a powerful divine relic. Its creation will allow us to permanently imbue part of our will within the framework of that relic and allow us to meld and join the splintered echoes of ourselves that resonate throughout this world. Uniqueness of the Tuatha de Danan Pantheon is that there are not multiple incarnations spread across the multiverse, all with the same natures. Our divine and our stewardship of the Summerlands means that we are one. One source of our divine abilities, our minds and wills extension of that one source. The sea gods of this world reflect the true existence that we encompass. These dreams are not separate nor distinct. By creating a shrine that you would allow part of us to remain, you would empower the weakened reflections that we have become in this dimension, a divine transfusion that would increase our strength. We were too close to simply fading from the collective conscious. We are close to joining our true forms in the dream, a barely remembered footnote of the human experience. Your shrine will help solidify us, give permanence and heft to our will. As we reconnect, with this world and the new system paradigm. Show me, I said, agreeing to Danu's request. My knowledge of the sea gods is based on fiction and myths. Show me what it means to be the Tuatha de Danan Pantheon, the weaknesses, the strengths, the wondrous and the ugly. I would create a shrine that reflects what is true. Let them see you for who you are. Remove the blinders of influence and expectations of the divine so that they can know the reason the sea pantheon is unique among all gods and all pantheons. And they did. And as they filled my sight with the wonders and horrors, as they shared the divine, I sculpted what I was shown, reaching forth, calling the freshly planted and empowered selenium to move to my will and form relief sculptures that heralded the sea experience. Loneliness. An absence, not just of light and life, but of matter and time. A stillness and emptiness filled with the vast power of the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. And the sea gods, in truth all gods, were simply different faces of this oneness. Loneliness so filled with desire that action was required. And in that action, the multiverse was formed. And as the Alpha and Omega commanded, the gods were formed, imbued with powers and universal constants, splintered dualities, as the one wielded titanic power to create, imbuing time, Eternity, life, death, 
and S-prime with fundamental laws that would govern all existence, allowing fissured thoughts to be given shape as gods restricted and confined to aspects and domains to assume and coalesce as the divine caretakers of this new multiverse. And finally, tying the breadth and width of creation and the multiverse together by joining all points in space and time, space and time, without end, together, connecting those disparate points and allowing them to share the majesty and might that would become the Summerlands. Those newly divine, those sparks of awareness that was charged by the splintering mind of the One, gained intellect, will, and identity, searching for other sparks of the divine that resonated with similar intent, until the Tuatha de Danann pantheon was formed. The first pantheon, charged as the last command of the Alpha and the Omega to become guardians, to stay vigilant and maintain the protection of the Summerlands. Unique among all the divine, because they were given dominion over all time, all space, as part of their mandate to protect the intricate permutations as actions and choices were made, and the universes began to diverge.